Cool. Well, thanks for the opportunity to share with you guys. It's always great to share and get an opportunity to share, and it's an honor, you know, to be asked to share something. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know, often when you in the congregation, you have these guest speakers who come and they're from out of town, and when they come, they say, "Oh, you know, it's just an amazing city," and they talk about this and the local sports team and all that sort of thing. Um, and in my opinion, I think uh, having been here some time, I think PE is very underrated. You know, um, I think it's a lot better than I think people give it credit for. You know, what I mean by that is that um, I've obviously lived in Durban. I grew up there till I was 27. I was in Joburg for 12 years. I was in Cape Town for nine years. And, um, you know, I can definitely, I think, obviously, it doesn't get sort of spoken of and as, as much credit as it actually deserves. You know, it's kind of good in a, in a sense because, you know, kind of people don't maybe flock here in the hundreds and thousands. So there's more for us. You know, but having been here, I can certainly say um, that uh, I'm really more, imp- and I'm not just saying this. We've been saying this to each other. You know, we're just more impressed with each, with, with each place we see, with each place we visit, with every new little gem we discover, with every dolphin we see. You know, uh, with every glassy ocean that we walk out upon. You know, I'm just more and more like, geez, like, you know, people are really missing out. You know, it's such a wonderful place, really, and I genuinely mean that. I mean, I've just listed a few things that came to mind, you know. I'm just amazed how every day when we walk out and you see this glass, not that I live on the beach, I mean, but I'm saying, if you go to the beach, there's always just kind of this glossy sort of, you know, flatness, you know, it's just beautiful, you know. Um, most of the time it's nice and flat. Uh, the, obviously, the, temper- the temperature of the water is very swimmable and very pleasurable. It's just awesome. You know, dolphins, hello. You know, you don't need binoculars. You don't need to go a certain time of the year, I don't think. But every time we've kind of been out there, a lot of times, I mean, there's dolphins. Just the other day, they were right here by the pier, as close as you could throw a stone almost. You know, it was just incredible. You know, um, the slower pace of things, you know, the closeness of things, you know, um, is just amazing. You know, uh, the historical sites, the heritage behind the city, the great coffee shops. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Seattle coffee man, you know, and the, the regularity and frequency of Seattle coffee shops was like one of the first signs for me, you know, that it was a good place. You know, before I saw anything else, that was the first thing I noticed. So I kind of worked up to my 10 coffees quite quickly here, you know, where you get the 10th ones free. Um, yeah, many, many hidden gems, you know, that uh, Vilma's sort of shown us, you know, and it's just been amazing to see all these hidden little gems, these little antique shops, and, you know, it's just been awesome. You know, um, Cape Recife, I haven't really been there yet, but it seems like this really wonderful, just sort of like, almost like the Cape of Good Hope in Cape Town, or uh, what is that, the National Park there at Cape Point? You know, it seems like that kind of place, you know, like a nice res- uh, conservation area. So, yeah, I mean, and that's like down the road. You know, um, obviously friendly people. I think South Africa is a friendly city. One of the first things people ask me is, oh, so are the people friendly, you know? Because you've kind of you got that name, right, the friendly city. But so I, I think South Africa is a friendly country, you know, in general. But, but I can definitely say that uh, as P is definitely, I would definitely call it a friendly city. I've definitely encountered some of the friendly experiences I've had with complete strangers. I could certainly regard as uh, beyond regular friendly, you know, and being really more friendly. You know, so uh, on the beaches, you know, just random people that we've never met before that we bump into. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's certainly, um, why am I saying this? All right, why am I saying this? The reason I'm saying this is because when we were 
uh, we obviously came here on holiday. We you know, met uh, Neil and Olene. I came to visit family, but we certainly didn't have plans to move. And we were settled where we were. And we obviously realized there was an opportunity to serve. And our hearts were always, as a family, you know, at least for Marina and I, we wanted to serve in a smaller fellowship where there was more opportunity to give, more needs. You know, so the needs of, and that was our heart. You know, that's what we wanted. You know, that's why we tracked off to Eastern Europe and, and that for nearly a year. You know, um, so we were really grateful when this came along, you know, and we had an opportunity to serve in a place and in an environment where our hearts were to serve. We really wanted that. And it really aligned with where our hearts were at. And it was a tough move, you know, logistically. And for a lot of reasons, it was a very tough move to come. You know, but I just feel like since we've got you, God has lavished his blessing upon us. You know, in the sense that we just feel very blessed. We feel blessed, you know, with our happiness that we've found since we've been here. You know, and we're just really grateful. And we just feel like, you know, God is sort of just lavishing, just saying, there you go, you know, enjoy it. You know, and he's just blessing, you know, the fact that we chose to come and and serve. You know, and we're just so grateful to be here and we're just absolutely loving it. You know, um, so that's why I wanted to share all the things that we've come to enjoy about the city. All right, so um, let's have a look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 8. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature, in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in his appearance as a man, he humbled himself and becoming obedient to, the, to death, even the death of the cross. Um, the part, the part I wanted to, I mean, that whole scripture speaks to what we're talking about, about serving, but the part that really resonated with me as I was reading it was, he made himself nothing. Alright? And became, and take, and took on the nature of a servant. You know, humility and servanthood go hand in hand. And serving is not just something you do, but it's something you are. You know, so I think it's really important to not just think, okay, I need to serve here to tick a box, you know, but it's to have the heart of a servant. And if it's our ambition as Christians to become more Christ-like every day, you know, we should want to try and obviously emulate his heart and to have his heart, the heart of a servant, that it's the very nature of your being. Um, and I must say, I've personally found in my own life that it's very, very liberating to um, to have the heart of a servant and to sort of become nothing. You know, when it's not about me anymore, it's all about God. It's very liberating to become an empty vessel and to say, God, fill me and do with me as you want. I give to you all my abilities and talents for you to use. You know, it's very liberating in the sense because you're emptying yourself for God and giving everything you have to Him. You know, and I think it's kind of like when we're sort of coming to God half full, we're kind of working out, you know, how can we protect our half of the glass, 
so to speak. You know, but when you're empty, it's so much easier. You know, because it can just be all God. You know, and um, and I personally found that very liberating. It's a very freeing thought. You know, because I'm not trying to chase my own agenda, my own uh, goals and ambitions. You know. Yes, sorry, there was actually a, there was a part from Marina to talk that I completely skipped. He didn't skip it, he just said it. Okay. That's okay. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, I think for me, serving is, is one of those, it's going to be, what, 25 years since I got, became a Christian. And when I um, said that I want to follow Jesus, I didn't kind of think and foresee what's going to be the rest of my life and how it's going to look like. I was just so fired up and in love with God and His kingdom. And I thought, oh, just I'm there. But I think sometimes it's not about, you know, those two years or whatever. I didn't kind of sign up to be a Christian for the first two years and serve. And then be like, okay, so now I'm retired. Now the campus can go and do their thing because I'm now retired. You know, I've got my family. I've got my children. I, can't, I don't really have space. And something that really struck me um, a couple of times is, is resonates with the scripture here um, on emptying myself. I can be so full of my, my things, right? And that could be my plans for life. I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my family back home. I'm worried about unresolved relationships. When I come to church and it's like, oh, you have to speak to that one or this one, you know. And God is amazing when I do actually speak, things get resolved. Or I can be, um, yeah, just full of sort of discouragement sometimes. Or church is going through hardships. Or my friends are going through hardships back home in Russia. And they kind of feel very discouraged. But um, I think they're all valid points. And they're awesome to, to bring them to God and to work through them. And you can't really take away life and say, you know what, let's just run around and live on the beach and be this happy-go-lucky Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those that don't really connect with the reality. That's mm-hmm. not what it's all about. Um, but I think to just bring it to God and say, God, you know what, I actually, like really, I just don't feel like going today and seeing people. Or I don't feel like going today and serving. And sort of take time and say, okay, so what's happening? What's, what's with my heart? Like, what is it? You know, to reflect and to say, okay, so what's going on? Do I feel like my life is, you know, it's almost like a victim mentality. Do I feel like my life is, 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 is more of, of a kind of a burden than, than others or something like that? And I think also, um, yeah, just, just um, the people that, that are in a church for a very long time, they inspire me a lot. So I kind of constantly look out for um, a friend of ours. I mean, he's, he, 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 Roger Lamb, I don't know if you know him, Roger Lamb. He was the one who actually helped us meet, not knowingly. Um, and I look at his life and I think, sure, three kids, two kids are dead, both in the church. One is leukemia, another one, other health complications and stuff like that. And they weren't like, they were my age. Yet he goes and he serves. If I ask him something, he's there to answer. And I'm not saying to guilt nobody or to guilt myself and to send myself on a guilt trip, but also to kind of like, to just to sort of see, sure, like, 
like your, how does he do it? How does he keep his heart so fresh? You know, that he keeps on doing things, even though he's retired. He can sit there and say, you know what, Marina, I can't even actually answer you one question because I just feel I'm retired. I've served church for so many years, I'm down. Down, down, down. Yet he goes and he writes a book, he writes another book, he goes and serves, he kind of is there for people. It's just his heart. And I think oftentimes when, when life happens to me, and, and things, and things, and life, and then you know like when we moms speak to each other and we go, life is just busy. And then another mom goes, life is just busy. And I'm like, God knew it all. He didn't create 2024 just to, to be like, oh, I have no idea what I'm going to do now and how I'm going to lead you because 2024 is such a busy year. Groceries are expensive, school things, these things, those things, you know, all those kind of things. Enter it in the basket, the health problem, that it will be like a full bouquet of things. It doesn't face him. Why? Because he knew it all. And things were, back then, they were also tough. They didn't have cars, they had to go shoot their food and all sorts of things. They had their own journey and things and, and problems and stuff. But I think, to me, it's something to do with, you know what, um, it's as simple as going through entire city, around the entire city seven times. As simple as going into that river and dipping myself in seven times. It's bringing my heart to God to say, this is me and this is my, you know, kind of issues. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to serve. I don't want to do this and that. What do I do? How do I change? To keep fighting for my heart. To keep on fighting that. So, um, and, and, and keeping Christ as, as, as a center and not myself and my sort of whole, mm. you know, again, whole, whole, whole story. So. Amen. Okay, so with that, um, we're now going to pray for the communion. Amen.